Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Daily Objective. Of course, you know that I'm Rucka, and we've got a man who comes from Thales, Plato, Aristotle, and, of course, uh, the one and only uh, who's, who's in charge of Greece right now. I forget. Nobody in America, we don't really pay attention. But this is a, a man who's affiliated with Greece, kind of like here at The Daily Objective. We're affiliated with philosophy, politics, and ideas on the Internet. Thank you for sitting through the longest introduction of all time. Nikos Soterikopoulos. Yes. So I'll tell you what, Raka. I've decided I'm not going to be an objectivist anymore because Huffington Post and Paul Krugman told me that Iron Institute got government money as part of the Paycheck Protection Program. But they've also told me that Ayn Rand has taken social security. So I'm done with objectivism, are you? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I read Paul uh, Krugman a couple years ago, actually, and I realized it's, it's a wrap. Uh, enough of Ayn Rand, enough of objectivism, enough of, um, enough of solving Plato's problem of universals, enough of reconciling the moral with the practical, uh, consciousness with existence, enough of all of that. Let's just go, let's just follow uh, Paul Krugman and the rest of them to this uh, pragmatist utopia where we never think about things too much and just kind of let the experts be in charge. So on a more serious note, I think it's very interesting this attack in the last 48 hours to basically to objectivism with this supposed discovery. So here's what happened. Two months ago, at least two, some months ago, there was an open and a public discussion within the Ayn Rand Institute and its intellectuals explain why they will apply for the PPP scheme which is basically the idea that you, they will accept the government, uh, let's say, help, because this is money that have been taken from all the productive people who work or who donate money. Therefore, this doesn't mean that by accepting that money that somehow it nullifies your stance against the welfare state or basically the coercive way that the state case takes money from you. But apparently this is too complex. And that's what I find very interesting. In the world we live today, it's, it's the gotcha moment. Someone says, look what we found. First of all, you spent one minute doing Googling. You realize that you haven't done any huge kind of discovery. But that's where the level of discussion is. And it's very funny. I think the Institute did quite a good job replying to these people. And it's almost embarrassing to watch these intellectual lightweights thinking that oh i got you and then having to deal with these things such as principles and all that stuff so and it goes back to to it goes back to the time of uh, ayn rand herself and she was fiercely criticized in, in in retrospect as a hypocrite because she got uh, she 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 accepted to apply for money that she was entitled to from social security and maybe Medicare. And as all good conspiracy theories and ridiculous stories, it got a, a momentum of its own. So now we hear that Ayn Rand died penniless and she was a welfare queen and the welfare state that she so much, uh, so much uh, fought against basically saved, saved her. So I'm on a kind of conflict mode here because I don't even know where to start with all that BS. So, Maybe you start and I'll jump in where I collect my thoughts. 
there's so many ways to approach this. First of all, just the ugliness of it all, the ugliness, the the thrill that they get out of like, I mean, you see this, I mean, uh, you've, you can see uh, some libertarians and anarchists also looking for a chink in Ayn Rand's armor with regards to her personal life. Um, and here in the, you know, the pragmatist intelligentsia, they love finding like, oh, Rand took you know, took, collected her social security and they, they love the idea of her actually running out of money completely and, and living off the government. E, and just the gratuitous element, just the thrill they get out of like, see, I told you nobody can be rational. See, I told you morality is just a matter of experience. Even if all that were true about Rand, let's say she was, or let, first of all, let's say she ran out of money and lived off of welfare, which is far from the truth. But let's say that happened. It would, it would not, contradict the fact that the mixed economy, the cronyism, the regulatory state put her and many others in the position where they're on welfare. Ayn Rand, you read Atlas Shrugged, the biggest villains are some of them businessmen who are corrupt, um, professors. It's not a book just ripping on people on welfare. So there's that element. Second of all, I mean, let's say Ayn Rand happened to be hypocritical, which I don't believe she was. Every, from everything I've seen, she lived her philosophy. But let's say for a minute she was hypocritical. Let's say she was a, she, she was a philosopher some hours of the day and then a just short range um, pragmatist other hours of the day. That would not invalidate any of her work. Her work stands on its own. I mean, it, I mean, throughout history, we've got very flawed people handing us gifts, handing us inventions and philosophic work and scientific achievements. And we were able to see the value of those works without really caring, uh, you know, who the actual um, author was, such as we can appreciate the Declaration of Independence, regardless of any hypocrisies in Thomas Jefferson's life. So even if all the allegations against Rand happened to be true, which I don't think they were, again, um, why can't people just look at her work and see, it, see its merits? And if they disagree with it, challenge it on substance. There are two issues here. Uh <clears throat> It's the, there's the issue of what actually happened, but also it's the issue of how sad the intellectual life today is if the level of the conflict is there. So I want to start with uh, I want to start with with what actually with what actually happened, and the the details can be found in a book which is called The Hundred Voices: An Oral History of Ayn Rand. I have this book in the UK, so I haven't got all the details with me, but from my memory, here's 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 what happened. So Iron was, uh, she had a kind of a simple way of running her affairs. And that's, so for example, I remember one of the people who tried to help her said, you have like all your money in the bank, there's more things you can do. So she wasn't really kind of deep into how to, to run her, her, her property. So at some point, one of the people who would consult her said, look, you can, you can apply for this program. You've paid money all your life. You have made a lot of money from your books, which means you've paid a lot of money to that. Therefore, keep in mind that you live in a country where the bills, because of how the system is, you know, the fact that you have money doesn't mean that the future is 100% predictable. So I would encourage you to apply for this, for, for Social Security and, and Medicare. And Rand wasn't enthusiastic about the idea from what we hear, but what we get is that she ended up accepting it and she ended up applying. So that's the practical issue. Now, this has nothing to do, by the way, with the idea that she died penniless. 
as you said, this wouldn't invalidate, this wouldn't mean anything. But from what we know, she has left, and this is public record, she has left money that helped to, you know, to, 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 for the building and the spreading of the objectivist movement. She was having people working for her. She was helping people. So the claim that she died painless is ridiculous, so to begin with. But also, she addressed this issue philosophically. And she addressed this on the question on scholarships, where she explains that, again, don't make yourself a martyr, right? You, unless you have the dignity and the intellectual clarity to, to, to criticize, to, sorry, the intellectual honesty to criticize the movement, so to criticize the welfare state and to criticize the coercion which is present in people taking your money, then what would it mean to say, by the, by the way, I don't want this money back? Like it doesn't even make sense as it's not even a difficult argument that uh, we have to find uh, like a good way to address it. And in, in my mind, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of saying, oh, Nikos, you're against military conscription, but a, a video has resurfaced where you are seeing eating your dinner that you were served in the army. What a hypocrisy. I mean, that's the level, that's the level, of, that's the level of the discussion here. And the question is this, is this good news in terms of the people we think we have opposite us, that's as good as they get with their argument. That's their best argument is basically taking a story which makes sense and is principle and not understanding how it's principle and even kind of making it a, a, a fake story. Or is it kind of depressing because how do you even reply to that? I mean, how many people, when you tell them, look, your argument is ridiculous, how many producers are gonna be like, Oh yes, okay. Now I see the point. I was I was just ridiculous. I mean, you can't really argue with people that are being disingenuous. They're not interested in the full picture. They're only interested in doing in a drive-by type of smear job. But the good news is they're mentioning the name Ayn Rand. You would think for someone who di supposedly died penniless and irrelevant, that nobody would need uh, see the need to bring her up forty years after her death. But apparently she's relevant enough for her name to be trending on Twitter uh, when an institute named after her collected some of the, the PPP funds alongside countless other uh, people and organizations. Um, I'm reminded of when I was in community college and some students in my political science class started voicing their discomfort with social security. They were saying, we're young, we're paying into this and it's probably not gonna be there for us when we're old. So maybe we should rethink social security. This was not like a conservative or pro-capitalist uh, arena uh, area uh, environment, to be sure. But that's this was a sort of a populist um, opinion being voiced, and the professor he got furious and he started saying, "You come here to this publicly funded university campus. You drove here on the publicly funded roads. You are given all this stuff, and all you want to do is cut off every you know and show this ingratitude you have." And of course, you can make that same ridiculous argument to people standing in line in the Soviet Union to get bread. Oh, so you're going to accept this bread, but you're but you're against communism. But the we were put in this position. No, nobody asked to be born. Right. We were put in the particular system that we're living under. The question is, what do we want to work towards? What do we want to change? So in Ayn Rand's essay called, what was it? Uh, the question of scholarships, something like that. 
she articulates beautifully. She says something along, I, you know, I'm always hesitant to paraphrase Rand, but what I took from it was, you, you, if you're, if it depends on the context of, of you accepting this money from the government, if you see it as, you know, Ooh, I'm going to get somebody else's money, then of course that's immoral. But if you see it as properly as reparations for, first of all, the taxes you have been and will be taxed. Second of all, the opportunities that you've been cheated of. And that this completely changed how I look at the mixed economy ever since I read that essay, however many years ago. You look at you, it's incalculable how many opportunities, the standard of living that would be so much higher if we had a capitalist system in place. So if you see it as reparations, and not only that, but if you continue to advocate for moving us towards capitalism and abolishing the redistribution system, then it's moral. So the question very much boils down to, are you going to fight to change the system or are you going to fight to preserve the welfare state? And that's the ultimate question. If you're looking to end the welfare system, then you alone and people like you are justified in, for now, accepting money from the system that you are that you don't think should have been taxed from you and others to begin with. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So it's in two ways. It's not hypocrisy. A, it's it's what you said, that, but also it would be hypocrisy if someone could prove that Trump said. I, I'm saying what I'm saying, but don't take that money. So, A, Rand said, yes, you can take that money. He gave a very robust defense why you can do it. So I can't see why it's a hypocrisy. But I'm also a bit pissed off with some libertarians who are like, ah, see. But I did my research. Naturally, I didn't do my research. I remember it from, from, from when I was. So Rothbard himself had said that it's okay to work on a university, for example. And see, he gave the same justification with run. So seeing some libertarians now saying, ah, look, like you people are not the real deal. We are the real deal. They don't even know their own history or they know their own history and, and they want to, and they, they, they want to, they, you know, they want to, they want to hide it. But there's something very hopeful here. When I was growing up, like intellectually, the usual attack, the usual punching bag of the left was Friedman and the gotcha moment was that he spent 45 minutes with Pinochet. Actually, that's the truth. The story was that the dictatorship in Chile was actually initiated by the Chicago boys and kind of, you know, Friedman was happy seeing what happened and then he flew to see his serfs who were dying in torture chambers, which by the way was true, that was a horrendous dictatorship. But that was the big kind of lie. And that was the big conspiracy theory by people like Naomi Klein when they want to attack the other side. Now, the fact that these days I see Ayn Rand trending like once every month with a BS story like that, it makes me very optimist in a way. It's kind of things have accelerated. It's like, take away the lightweights and let's come to the real deal now. Let's, let's, it's like you've reached the last stage where you guys, now you have to fight the real thing. Or it was the whole discussion that, oh, Hayek, he said this about the benevolent dictator. Now, no one cares about that anymore. Now, the big gotcha moment, the big theory is that, oh, Rand got the social security. So I think it's good. I think the other side is starting to see who is its real antithesis. And its real antithesis, it's not the people who say, 
well, the income tax needs to go down from 38% to 36% because then, you know, we're, we're going to see these uh, graphs going up. The real deal is someone who attacks them on the level of ideas. That's why they're so ecstatic for the first five minutes when they think they found a gap and they found the hole in these, uh, in these, in these ideas. So I don't know. I, I, this gives me rise to be a bit optimist when I stop being angry. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, always a good idea to try and be optimistic and say, well, this is good that people are talking about Rand. It's, it's good to see her name being circulated. That means more people are going to read Rand and, ju- and hopefully, you know, judge for themselves independently. Um, but yeah, people, they always love to um, smear Rand. They, they, they affiliate her with uh, Alan Greenspan and, and who he became long after her death. It's absolutely, it's, it's an absolute smear job. Uh, t- to affiliate who Alan Greenspan became, like who he was at, on the Federal Reserve, to, to affiliate that with Ayn Rand's philosophy, to say, oh, Rand taught him what he took and, and used to, to ruin everything, you know, to all the damage that happened is because of what Rand taught Greenspan. It's absolutely not true, but we're not going to be able to um, argue with disingenuous, bad faith people. We, all we can really do is promote the truth, is to say, look, here is what Rand says, here is what Rand believed and taught in her philosophy. And here are her novels. Here's her projection of an ideal man. So read The Fountainhead. Ask yourself, is Howard Rourke somebody who, um, you know, uh, is this short-sighted pragmatist, um, you know, who's living a life of hypocrisy? Look, you know, read Atlas Shrugged and ask yourself the same questions about the heroes there. Ultimately, the the mixed economy, the lobby system, which is what a mixed economy immediately leads to, the mixed economy puts us in a position where the moral is pitted against the practical. It puts us all in a position where we've got a com- you know compromise on one shoulder and you know and you know proper ethics on the other shoulder. Each one whispering in our ear. All you can really do is say, look, here's the ideal I would like to move towards, laissez-faire capitalism, and here's a corollary ethics that goes with that and a a full philosophy that goes with that, and uh, fight for the positive. Say, look, here, look, let's say every, you know, let's say everybody's a hypocrite today. Fine. Let's even say, for instance, Ayn Rand is a hypocrite. That doesn't negate what, where we can go, what, what is true and where, how we can get there. So uh, I have a feeling Ayn Rand would rather we, um, promote her philosophy rather than her personal character. But, you know, yeah, but she, I'm, not, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to give them a single link. So I'm not giving, sure. uh, but here's, I, here's, here's you, the brother. final thoughts I have on this. There's a lesson here also for quote our side. And I mean, it's so pathetic being such a loser where you can't even Google, like the thing you said with Greenspan, it takes like literally five seconds in Google to realize that Greenspan at that point had nothing to do with Rand. So when we attack someone on the other side, we have to be very, very careful not to be these guys. Twice in the last month, I was just about to retweet something and I said, this looks too ridiculous even for these kinds of people. So I won't do it because this doesn't sound true to me. And I waited and it turned out that this was a fake story or, or, or an exaggerated. And I, it felt so good. It felt, I would be so embarrassed of myself to attack someone, even if he's, I don't know, the worst, uh, the, the, the person who doesn't deserve any sympathy. I wouldn't want to attack them on something which is not true. Because this would say something also about me, that I'm intellectually lazy. 
And that I'm jumping on the bandwagon of people who are also intellectually lazy and I don't have as my guiding point reality. So my final thought would be, these people are sad, intellectually sad, intellectually lazy. Let's make sure that we're not these people, right? Don't make sure that you make a good argument and your argument is not the equivalent of high school. By the way, in my leftist days in high school, or in, in the first years of the university, the argument of the right-wingers towards me is, how can you be a leftist and have a cell phone? And I thought, one day I'll grow up in a more rational world and the arguments are, are going to be a bit more elaborated than that. Turns out that's not the case, but at least let's make sure that we're not these guys. Yeah, people make those types of arguments. So I'll like, oh, look at the leftists using the capitalist technology or when it comes to the environmentalist uh, things said by Al Gore and Leonardo DiCaprio, they say, oh, look, they're flying around on a private jet. You're right, they are hypocrites, but that's not the point. Let's look at the ideas. Let's look at the merits of what they're saying and let's counter it with better ideas. So absolutely. And Ayn Rand is the easiest uh, target, sadly, in today's culture because who's sticking up for her Entirely a very small handful of people that don't have very much prominence. But, um, you know, again, we, 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 we promote her, her art, her novels. We promote, um, we, 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 I think we, we, try, we, we ought to try to project a good image of ourselves as individuals, those of us who agree with her philosophy. And, um, and don't let the haters, uh, you know, brush them off, as Jay-Z might put it. So tomorrow we need to come back with something more life-affirming and positive than replying to the Krugmans and the Huffington Post of this uh, world. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. From me and from Raka, all the best. Bye-bye.